way. Hey, podcast family. Welcome to Motherhood in Black and White. I'm Kanji. I'm Tara. And we are back for season two. Last week, life kind of caught up with us. We were back on the microphone after a month-long break to rest and recover, and we were ready to go, right, Tara? Mm -hmm, Ready to go. And then, like most things kind of because of the Delta variant, life came to a screeching halt. (laughs) A little bit. I had a lot of things fall apart at my house. I think you guys had a lot going on at your house. It was a a weird sort of week. It was a weird week. And so we had to replay one of our favorite episodes. We replayed the episode about politics and puberty and the pandemic that originally aired in October of 2020, which was as relevant now in August of 2021 as it was a year ago. Yes, you and I, even before we plan to replay that, we're talking about, you know, just everything happening and how we talk to our kids. And as we started talking about it and then sort of turning to try a different tactic since we were running out of time, we were like, oh, wait a minute. I think we kind of had this conversation before with a professional. So let's just replay that. (laughs) Dr. Ginny Gomez, she was amazing. Yeah, so we're about a week behind on some of our planned content for season two. But podcast family, as always, thank you so much for listening with us listening to us and being a part of our family. And again, you can always find all of our podcasts on any of your favorite listening platforms. Yes. Make sure you're following us there so you don't miss any of the upcoming. As Kanji mentioned, we have a lot in store for you this season. We're very excited about it and it's going to kick off very soon. Make sure you don't miss an episode coming up. You're following us. Please rate and review us. We love to hear from you. So this week, we're going to talk about the journey of parenthood and the finish line. We just came off of the Olympics and we were celebrating all of these victors and people who were winners. The funny thing about parenting and parenthood is you don't know how you do really until you hit that finish line. And that finish line may not be even while you're alive. It might be. I'm very curious what this finish line is. You know, (laughs) because we can do all of the right things. We can say all of the right things. We can do things to the best of our abilities but really don't know how it's going to turn out until our kids are adults and are successful, whatever successful looks like Mm -hmm. in their eyes. Mm -hmm. And then we also want to figure out if everything we've done and everything we're doing is kind of worth it, you know? Yeah. Like, are we raising kids that will be good and kind humans? Mm -hmm. And are we actually even raising kids that will ultimately end up liking us? Yeah, that's big, that is a big question. I mean, you hope that in addition to helping guide them and their decisions that it, they still want to hang out with you once they don't have to. Yes. So this <laughs> week, Tara, let's dive into how we can raise kids that we actually like and how we can raise kids that actually like us. Yes. According to the Journal of Marriage and Family, 20% of American parents note that they have disharmonious relationships with their adult children. Mm. And what that means is either those disharmonious relationships can range from estrangement to even like downright acrimonious, hateful, no contact. Interesting. Yeah. I will say as the pessimist in this conversation, I'm surprised it's only 20%. Yeah. 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 I feel like that's kind of low for what I would have expected. Well, I think in this room, there are three people, the two of us and our beloved producer. Mm -hmm. And that rate is a lot higher. It is a lot (laughs) higher. 
<laughs> just in this room. <laughs> just in this. I mean, I wasn't going to say it, but it's true. It is true. No, and, and, you know, and and I've been estranged from members of my family as an adult, and I've had um, not the best relationships, not the relationships that we see on TV or in the movies. Yes, and I would like to prevent that from yes, happening. Me too. We talk about like some of the things that we see, and I loved the episode we did on our favorite TV moms last yes. September of 2020. So when we look at Hollywood films and we see these Hollywood moms and and these relationships that they have with their Hollywood kids, a lot of times we think, what is it we could do to have that happen in our lives? And so when we looked back at some of our favorite TV moms, I said, well, Maybe we should do the same thing and think about some movie moms Mm -hmm. and the things that they did well as movie characters in their relationships with their children and things that we may have learned from them, things that we can do and also things that we should never do. Things we should never do. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So um, there's some good and bad movie moms. Always, always. (laughs) And it's like the person in this world that I aspire to be like is actually not a mother. Okay. And sometimes people are listening and I would love it, podcast family, if I paused and you think like, well, who is it that Kanji would want to be the most like? Some people think, oh, maybe she wants to be like Oprah. But no. <laughs> Do you have an idea who you think I, my hero is in this world? My Shiro? Sh- it's a she? Mm-hmm. Your Shiro. I feel, I'm on the edge of my seat. I feel like the minute you say it, I'm going to know exactly that's what it is. <laughs> it's a cheat. <laughs> so it's hard. Because my Shiro actually shares a birthday with my son Roman. Okay. And so on Roman's birthday, I want to celebrate his birthday, but most importantly, uh-huh. I want to celebrate her birthday. And that is the lovely, the iconic Ms. Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton. I would not have guessed Dolly Parton. Now I'm with you. Yeah. But I would not have guessed that. Oh, thank you so much. Hello, everybody. So I think Dolly Parton at 75 years of age is finally getting her due. Yes. She dedicated and donated over a million dollars to COVID vaccine research. Mm -hmm. Just this week, she released her own perfume. Mm -hmm. Mm, And I'm going to get on that waiting list and get that. (laughs) Listen, I think I want to be like Dolly. I don't know if I want to smell like Dolly. Uh, Yeah, I'm feeling you on that. That's it's a little different. Mm. Yeah. And she's working on a novel with James Patterson that is going to be released in March of 2022 called Run, Rose, Run, and she's releasing an album in connection with that book release. God, she's really busy, that Dolly Parton. She's doing the most. I mean, I hope I've got that kind of energy when I'm (laughs) in my 70s. And I look that good. She still looks so good. She's incredible. And of course, known for her music, and her music is is as timeless as ever. And it was used to the soundtrack of a movie that we wanted to discuss, that movie Dumplin' that was released a couple of years ago starring Jennifer Aniston. Mm -hmm. And what did you take from that movie, Tara? You know, I love that movie. And what I took from it, especially in context of this conversation, is, you know, you get to see this relationship of these two people, a mother and a daughter. And the daughter is so different from the mother. And Mm -hmm. you can tell... It was hard for her to understand her. And then the daughter was just trying to get her to under, you know, there was just like discord because they were just so different. Mm -hmm. But then you watch it and, you know, it's so much fun to see the mom come around and sort of better understand and kind of accept her daughter for who she is and see how fantastic she is, just where she is. And 
I love that. I love that story. I love how it turns out, how she just kind of steps into her own and her mother just can really see her for who she is. Overall, what do you think this film teaches us? You don't have to look like everybody else. You don't mm-hmm. have to be a raving beauty, mm-hmm. you know, to be special and to be beautiful. That's right. And I really think it's a wonderful little movie. Oh. And you did good. Producing it and acting. Thank you, darling. Jumpin' the other side. As parents, one of the hardest things that I think we are challenged to do is to love our kids where they are and yeah. who they are. Yeah. And so often we have this image of what we expect them to be. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we expect our kids to be made in our own image. Right? Yes. And so I think with we saw Dumplin' and you had this mother who had a, a daughter who was so different than she was mm-hmm. in terms of the looks, in terms of her likes and dislikes. It really challenged that mom on how then she could parent her. And I think that there was a lesson there for all of us. It's how we can take ourselves out of the equation Mm -hmm. and give these little humans who are having their own experience on this planet what they need to be successful. Yeah. And and to celebrate who they are. Yeah. Not to just be like, well, they're just different than me. So we're doing it different. Like, celebrate the differences, celebrate who they are. Mm -hmm. I think that's a big piece of it too. And to do it with the Dolly Parton soundtrack was amazing. Gotta have the Dolly Parton. That movie, that soundtrack, it's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. And Jennifer Aniston's character in that movie reminded me a lot of Forrest Gump's mother that was played by Sally Field and how she advocated fiercely for him and worked with him through his challenges and everything that she did, which was a great character and a great role, I thought. Why are you dying, Mama? It's just my time. Oh, now, don't you be afraid, sweetheart. Death is just a part of life. Something we're all destined to do. I didn't know it, but I was destined to be your mama. I did the best I could. You did good, Mama. Well, I happen to believe you make your own destiny. You have to do the best with what God gave you. What's my destiny, Mom? You're going to have to figure that out for yourself. Life is a box of chocolates, Forrest. You never know what you're going to get. That movie was, I mean, obviously it's a classic. It's so good. But I think about that often you know, that she, you know, had this son who had his difficulties, but she never backed down. And she was like, you're going to do everything the way everybody else does. And and I'm going to make sure of it. And I think that especially looking at the time period that movie was made in, that, that was pretty groundbreaking for a parent, you know, not just to accept the status quo for her kid. Mm. I loved it. Gage and I have watched it. I've watched it a hundred times since. We watched Forrest Gump because of the character and his development also understanding that he would not have been who he was as a character without his mother's guiding influence and, and, Absolutely. and advocacy. Absolutely. Right? Um, and I agree with you, it should not have won Best Picture, but a movie that should have won Best Picture mm-hmm. and actually did win Best Picture more than a decade before Forrest Gump was Terms of Endearment Ugh. with the great Shirley MacLaine and Deborah Winger. So that movie was... I saw it when I was a really young person Mm -hmm. and it resonates with me even more now as the adult daughter of a mother who's had a, we've had a challenging relationship, you know, my entire life. It's weird because a a few months ago, my mom shared with me and she said, 
now that we're at this point in our lives, maybe we can be friends, <laughs> you know, and, and, yeah. and, and the terms of endearment, I don't know if that happened with that mother daughter duo until they were much later in life, you know, and it showed that no matter what happens, no matter how challenging that mother daughter relationship is mm-hmm. always going to be mother daughter. Yes. It is after 10. Give my daughter the pain shot, please. Mrs. Greenway, I was going to. Oh, good. Go ahead. Just a few minutes. Well, please, it's, it's after 10. It's after 10. I don't see why she has to have this pain. Ma'am, it's not my patient. It's time for her shot. You understand? Do something. All she has to do is hold on until 10. And it's past 10. She's in pain. My daughter is in pain. Give her the shot. You understand? You're going to behave. Give my daughter the shot. I remember about that movie specifically, you know, it's starting out and they were so, they were so frustrated with each other and just hated each other. And then I remember as it would go on, I would catch those glimpses of whenever something was wrong, she called her mom. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or like whenever she had a question about something, she called her mom, like even when she was mad at her, even when they weren't getting along. And I remember that about that movie that you could tell they had a complicated relationship, but you know, when she needed her mother, that's who she called and her mother always showed up. Thank you very much. And what I struggle with now, knowing that there's just a few more years left of having this adolescent under my roof, Mm -hmm. is how I can start to transition from being the mom, the provider, to being a friend or someone that he can lean on as he is becoming and being self-reliant. Yes. And and then starting to, to see his personality and who he is develop. And the parts of that personality that I'm not really a big fan of, <laughs> you know, um, how I can how I can deal with that without changing the essence of who he is. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's even possible. I don't know. Uh, we're both kind of in the same season. Roman's a little older than Gage, but it's a similar time. And I've been thinking about this a lot lately because we're in a season with Gage right now where we're really enjoying him. I mean, just we're kind of getting into the same stuff and talking a lot and it's been a lot of fun, but I know just from what we know about puberty and getting older, there are going to be some seasons very soon and in the future where he's going to pull away. Mm -hmm. Right. And kind of what, to your point, I'm trying to settle myself with the realization that he's going to pull away and there's going to be things he tries on that I'm not going to be a fan of and things he's going to do. I'm probably not gonna be a fan of, but just understanding that I have to sort of stay steady so that he knows he can always come back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I, it's really hard to think about transitioning from this provider to more of a home base. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, of course. it's strange. It's a strange time. Yeah. We can maximize our efforts to safeguard these relationships. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we don't even know if all of those safeguards are going to work. Right. Yeah. I hope he comes back. Right. I, I hope he knows I'm, you know, I'm here. And then, but you do have to just let him go a little at a time. And that's, that's hard to think about. <laughs> See here, you're, all I'm going to say is don't go watch Terms of Endearment. <laughs> After <laughs> if this, you reco- already do no, not. I'm saying this to oh, you <laughs> as emotional as you are. Yeah, you, you're gonna watch Terms of Endearment and you're gonna be a wreck. Oh, I'm always no, listen to me. I can't watch Terms of Endearment without being a wreck. I've seen it a hundred times, it is the same every time. <laughs> every time I get to the point where most movies that have to deal with mother child relationships, mm-hmm. I'm a total wreck about. Oh, yes. Even a movie like Home Alone, mm-hmm. you know, I can watch that one. And that's also, we have the lesson that we can learn about um, 
raising our kids that we take from home alone, it's you give your kids space, Mm -hmm. but you don't forget that they're there. That's right. (laughs) Keep track of them. Yes. At all times. Yes. And when we talk about like giving our kids space when they get to a certain age, it gets to a point where we learn that even if you're not going to be around, Mm -hmm. they're going to be okay. Yes. So going back to the point I just made about maximizing safeguards, it's making sure that they are set up for to be successful, to be prepared, to feel and be challenged, and to be okay when they have to step up and do that. Yes. My biggest fear is raising an adult child who turns out to be mean, Mm. a bully, a bad person. Yeah. You know, Um, and it's not, I'm not going to say I don't care about where he goes to college, if he goes to college, but for me, how I determine what or how I view what a successful human being is, is like, what is he contributing to society? And and how is he showing up in his relationships with people? Like, I can't imagine, I can't fathom having an adult child walking around this planet and me not being in relationship with that person, right? Me yeah. not being in communion with them. And so when you think that maybe up to 20% of people have those relationships with their parents, yeah. it's like, what is, what is it I can do to make sure that's not me? Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think I'm the same. We've had this conversation. I I mean, we even tell him today, like, we want him to do his best at whatever he's doing. But really, the most important thing to us is that he's, Jason says, be cool. <laughs> but essentially, you know, the most important thing to us is that he's kind and that he, you know, cares about others and he shows up. I think, too, besides those measures of success, as we talk about the further they get from us, I hope that we're also fostering like a real resilience in him Mm -hmm. so that when he's too far away to get right back for the touchstone he needs, he's got the resilience on board to keep him afloat out there, you know, because he's going to get further and further away. Right now he can run 20 yards and come on back to home base anytime and, and we're there to help him stand up. And so I'm hoping that we're building a you know, resilience in him so that when he gets further and further out in the world, he's always got that on board with him, even if we're not there. For me, I think that I have this fear of being perceived and seen as the mad, bad mom, because I tend to be the punishment machine. Mm. And growing up, I saw this movie, Mommy Dearest. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's a Um, classic. It is a classic. (laughs) And again, this is this is taking it way back, but I remember um, Mommy Dearest, you know, she was a strict disciplinarian. So mm-hmm. you kind of walk that line of how you can discipline your child without wire hangers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. We're I'm not going to do the voice. <laughs> no wire. Hangers. No wire hangers. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. and again, podcast family, if you haven't seen the movie, please go ahead and do so. But But what it shows is. Sometimes we present images to the world of like what our parenting journey is like, yeah. you know, especially with social media. And in that movie, Mommy Dearest, you had the actress Faye Dunaway, who yes. was portraying a real life actress, mm-hmm. Joan Crawford. Mm-hmm. And Joan Crawford had the perfect life to everyone, that image that she was portraying yes. to the world. And her adopted daughter, Christina. Why did you adopt me? Wrote the book that was turned into this movie. And she shared how behind the scenes, behind the scenes of this perfect life, she was an abused child. Right. And had a terrible relationship with Joan Crawford, her quote unquote, mommy dearest. <laughs> and so I'm always considering like, well, well, what does Roman think of me as a mom? Like, 
does he see me as a mommy dearest, right? right. It, are the things that I'm doing going to be perceived or seen as things that will ultimately push him away? Now, I've never spanked him, hit him with wire hangers, none of that. <laughs> you know, but I will take his phone away from him or I will make sure that he is punished for a week or two or, you know, he, he has these extended timeouts. But in his mind, am I a mommy dearest? Is that the worst? <laughs> is that the worst? You know, I was thinking about this when we first started talking when you were talking about the finish line and I was considering the finish line might be like if, and hopefully when they have kids of their own. Mm. Cause I feel like having my own kid really shine, shone a light, shined a light. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. <laughs> Brought some perspective to the opinions I had of my mother and my upbringing and like some of the things that, I mean, if you wrote them on paper, they're not that big a deal. But at the time as a kid, it felt like a big deal. Mm-hmm. And now that I have a kid and I have to do those things, I'm like, oh my God, like that was, not, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, this is why she was acting like that. So I'm curious if that's when it starts to change, you know, like if that, how that changes relationships when you, when you're an adult and you have an adult kid and then they have kids, that's gotta be, I mean, it is for me, mm-hmm. it just kind of changes things. So in what kind of way? You know, I think about my opinion of my mom when I was little or like the punishments that we had or the things that she thought were important and had these opinions that she was, you know, those things weren't important or it was ridiculous or she shouldn't have done this or she should have done that. And then I had a kid Mm -hmm. and then I was now responsible for trying to get this person to act right and stand up and do the things they're supposed to do. And not so much that I'm doing what she did, but I just have some empathy for how hard it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I think that the empathy comes about because you are now able to stand in your mom's shoes mm-hmm. a little bit. Right. Kind of like Jamie Curtis did with Lindsay Lohan and Freaky Friday. That's right. Uh, yes. Like that segue? Yes, I do. I'm I'm like bowing down right here in front of you. That sounded almost planned. <laughs> almost. But we know it wasn't. It was not. <laughs> but Freaky Friday, but in order to kind of understand what our parents went through and and what we are going through, mm-hmm. it's necessary to put yourself in someone else's shoes. That's true. And I look at my kid and I see all of the things that he has as a child mm-hmm. and nothing that I had. And I'm like, how can you still be complaining? How can you still have an attitude? And you have all these things, right? <laughs> yes. Like, your dad and I have worked so hard to make sure that your life is different than the life that we had when we were growing up, yeah. but you're still complaining about it. Yeah. Like you still have this adolescence angst about you. Why? Yeah. And like you said, Tara, I couldn't really and can't really see how how it was or imagine what it would have been like for my mom until I became a mom. Right. So if I could, I would absolutely do a role reversal with my 12-year-old Switch son. Switch places with him. Would you? Do your job and you go to school all day. All day. I would do it. I would do it for up to four days, I think. You would do four days mm-hmm. in middle school. I'll no. know about that. <laughs> there would be a weekend thrown in. Oh, okay. So a Friday and a Monday, two weeks. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Maybe that. Maybe so that. If you could, would you take a magic pill or go see that magic person and change places with your son? And if so, mm-hmm. what's the longest period of time you think you could do it for? <laughs> I don't think I would. And I'll tell you why. Because he would totally mess up my job if he had to go. 
And I would have to clean up such a mess. But if it was maybe if it was a weekend and we he wasn't actually going to my job, he just had to like clean up the house and handle some house business. Maybe then I would do it. But it would be a very short turnaround time. So only 48 hours. That's right. <laughs> On a break somehow. You wouldn't want to go to school? I wouldn't mind going to school. That would be great. I love school. You know, I do. Mm-hmm. And I go back to fifth grade and ace all those. I mean, I would he would get like straight A's that nine weeks, right? Like mm-hmm. I would do that for sure. But I can't send that kid to my job. We'd be in trouble. Yeah. We can't even imagine what they go through now. Yeah. I mean, I think about that too, you know, trying to, I think we all have heard the stories that our parents or our older generations tell us the whole like quote unquote boomer mentality about like, you don't have it as hard as we did, or I had to walk five miles in the snow with no shoes. You know, people do that. And I look at what kids are dealing with today and it's just so different than when we were kids. And so I try to I try to keep myself in check on that sometimes when I feel myself getting upside down about how I think he should be acting because he's got it better. I just try to realize that he, he does have a lot of things that are better than us, but they have so much more that they're dealing with mm-hmm. and we just didn't have to deal with it that age. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well said. There's nothing else I can say than just to remind ourselves because that magic pill is not going to exist to help us kind no. of... <laughs> Switch places with, you know what, but here, I take that back. If a magic pill existed uh-huh. and I could switch places with someone, uh-huh. it would not be my son. It would not be my son. Uh, uh, maybe Beyonce. There's no maybe about it. Listen, <laughs> if there's a magic pill, I'm switching place with Beyonce and she going to have to claw my soul out of her to get out. Like when, if I got into Beyonce. I ain't giving it back. Uh-uh. I ain't meeting you at the fountain. We're not doing the wish together. You have to find me. <laughs> I'll be like, let me just take your body for 48 hours. No, I promise. Never come back. I'm going to give you back. Girl, I just want to be you for two days. I'm, no, you can trust me. I'm a lawyer. Yeah, yes, girl. I got you. 48 hours where you want to meet? Houston Airport? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm be there. I will see you there. No, <laughs> no. Not coming back. Nope, never. I was like, if I got a, if I got a shot at being Beyonce, girl. Please. But yes, definitely. Um, but the, the, the most recent movie that I think I saw, which is so tragic in terms of like my life and, and all the things on my plate, what, which kind of had talked about motherhood would have been Bad Moms a few years ago. Yeah, that's the most current mom anthem movie mm-hmm. out there, I think. <laughs> and what was your takeaway from that in terms of the things either they did right or wrong with parenting those children? My takeaway from that movie was really about the expectations we put on ourselves mm-hmm. and how we can just relax and take a break and take it easy on ourselves. And I also like, you know, she, uh, the main character, mom, Mila Kunis, she was doing everything for her kids. And so when she sort of went on vacation and forced them to do things for themselves, that really spoke to me. I'm like, you know what? I do too, too much for this kid. He can do some of this stuff for himself. I love that her son taught himself to cook and they were doing their own homework. I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. That's how to do it right there. And also then we remind ourselves, this is just a Hollywood movie. <laughs> if we left our kids, if we went on strike and we didn't do, mm-hmm. listen, it's very possible uh-huh. that Roman would literally starve to death. <laughs> he would say, I'm very hungry. I'm just going to wait my mama out. Yeah. Our gauge would set the microwave on fire trying to make macaroni and cheese. <laughs> it will happen. It will happen. Yes. And and it's not a Hollywood movie. It's no. There is no script. There is no right or wrong. And we don't know what the ending is going to be to this movie. We only know that we have one shot. There is no do-overs. There's no take-backs. It's just us every single day 
showing up, um, being the main characters in this movie. And again, sometimes when we are doing this thing called life, it is a drama. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it is a comedy. Sometimes it is a horror movie. (laughs) Sometimes. But I think at all times, you know what? It is a rom-com at all times because I am completely and madly in love with my child. Same. And um, so that part of it, I hope that most parents who are listening also feel the same way. If you could just nod your head a little bit and and understand that the love, it's transcendent and there is no Hollywood movie or Bollywood movie even <laughs> that can write your story and that can be who you are. So you are the heroine in this movie. You are the main character. And what's the ending going to be? We don't know, but we are going to be along with you for the journey. So next week, we are super excited to come back with you with our first guest of season two. And Tara, do you want to share a little bit about that before we sign off? So next week, I'm really excited. We're going to talk to the creator of Mighty Kind Kids Magazine. It's a magazine about teaching kindness and anti-bias and anti-racism to kids. I love that. I'm very excited about it. She sent me a couple of issues to review and I love it so much. So I can't wait to share it with our family. Yes, the podcast family. That will be on next week's episode. We are going to continue the conversation about raising kind kids. So go ahead and write your own story, podcast family. And I hope it's a happy one with a Disney ending every single day. (laughs) With that being said, we will be back next week. Same time, same place. Guard your health, mental, physical, and spiritual. We'll catch you back here. Take good care. It has been a wonderful journey. Now, people say to me, well, wasn't it a man's world back when you got in the business? I said, it sure was, and buddy, I had a ball. Because I have actually worked with so many wonderful men, and I've never met a man that I didn't like, and I've never met a man whose ass I couldn't kick if he didn't treat me with the right respect. (laughs) But you gotta remember, pistol in my purse and I can still change him to a rooster to a hen with one shot. (laughs)